This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome back to what should be a more upbeat episode of the Hammers Unrestricted Podcast. Jimmy and I are very happy Hammers this week on the back of a cracking 4-2 win at St. James's Park. Goals from Cresswell, Ben Rama, Suchek and Antonio gave us the perfect start to the new season ahead of our first game at home next week against Leicester. Jimmy, who needs signings, mate, eh? Oh, well, I said, I said, trust in the old guard. We don't need any backup. I'm sure they can repeat last year. All jokes aside... I'm very happy to see the boys back to winning ways after so long, it feels, uh, from the end of last season. It's great to be back. And yeah, cracking starts of the season. I think we need to cut the boys a bit of slack, really, don't we, in the board and the managers. Um, we were quite negative last week uh, on reflection. I've listened to it back and me especially leading the conversation. I wasn't happy with the lack of business. But you forget we've got such a strong side. Like we've got a really strong 11, 12, 13 players that can really go and affect games and hurt teams. And I showed it again the other day, didn't they? Yeah, I, I don't think it's wrong to be critical because we want to push on from last year. And, you know, if you just stagnate, the likelihood is with the responsibility of being in Europe as well, that you would see a decline. So I understand the need for uh, signings. But like you mentioned, when you haven't seen the starting 11 for so long, you almost forget how good they were and how good they were last year. And even though we went down early on twice, I still felt they were, they were giving a good performance, putting in a good shift. So, yeah, not not too much to be worried about. Um, but, yeah, a lot to be positive about. Yeah, a lot to be positive about, but a couple of negative things. Uh, first of all, that Scrooge, Callum Wilson bagging against us again. And the old Alan St. Maximan uh, terrorising the defence early on. I got one thing wrong, didn't I, mate? Last week, I think it is on record, you said Callum Wilson and Alan St. Maximum would not be playing. And I thought, lovely, that'll be us fine. And both of them had started and in under five minutes had scored combined together. And you also said during the week, this was off off the recording, that Ogbonna pulled up, definitely not in the squad. And he also started. So this is your sources and this is why we don't trust you. I'm going to have to change my sources. Uh, admittedly, mate, the Bonner one was BBC, but the uh, St. Maximan and Wilson one was a bit dodgy, admittedly. So we'll, uh, we'll knock that on the edge from now on. I know you wanted to get that point out there. Uh, a quick start to the game, really, in all honesty, uh, for both teams. We had one off the line earlier on from uh, Thomas Suchek, a goal on clearance. Then they went right up the other end and scored, didn't they? Um, your thoughts on the first goal, Jim, for Wilson? Well, I mean, I think it's sloppy. We don't clear our lines. It was against the run of play. I know I'd only been going for four minutes, but they scored with the first attack. Uh, I mean, what can we say about Alan St. Maximum? He loved it against us last year. He terrorised us and we paid the price. I mean, Declan Rice was on him. Honestly, his legs looked a little heavy. You're thinking he's had... Uh, a long last season, especially went all the way of England. You'd expect him to be fine, but Alan St. Maximum really does get random nicely. And what a ball in. I think in the commentary, they were slating, uh, I think it was Dawson, Sufau in the middle. Yeah. Um, but for me, if you slap a ball in that hard on the six-yard line, 
It, uh, Callum Wilson, it sort of just hits his head. He doesn't have to put any power behind it. You have to stop the cross. That's that's where you have to uh, be critical of the West Ham defence. They didn't do it. But, um, yeah, we turned it around after that. But it was a really quick start to the game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was exciting. I mean, me and you said a couple of times, for the neutral, mate, a cracking game of football to watch. It was really exciting. Lots of chances. I just want to pick up on your note on Declan Rice. Um I agree. I think I turned to you at the start and I said that he, he looks leggy here. He looks a bit tired. You know, he hasn't had a pre-season, had a lot of time off. He was even cramping towards the end of the game. But I think it's fair to say, mate, after that initial slow start from him personally, he really turned it on. I thought he was excellent. Like, had a really strong game, actually. Uh, as I do this weekly, I've got his stats from the game I want to read out to you. He's got 100% final third passing accuracy. 100% of his long passes. Do you remember that one that he just plucked out? Um, the switch that he done, we were both laughing at how good it was. Yeah, you're nodding. 98% passing accuracy overall. He recovered the ball seven times, including once to set up the goal on the counter-attack. Three attempted take-ons, three successful take-ons. He created two chances, made two interceptions and one clearance. Um, I think for us, he's turned into more of a complete midfielder, all-round player, box-to-box. I think it's really um, fair to say, compared to his... His role for England, where he's told to sit deep. Do you think so? Uh, yeah, I hundred percent agree. I think he's encouraged to press the midfield a little more and win the ball higher up. And I think he has more of a license to do that, win the ball and then spray it quickly. And I think Moyes has really instilled that in him when he does uh, recover the ball, get rid of it and pass it forward early. Not side to side, not the safe ball, because when you win that ball high up the pitch, you really can break the lines quickly if you do pick the pass forward. So I think he does it brilliantly for us. Any hope we have for any aspirations of the year, he's going to be crucial to us. It's all about him, isn't it? Uh, the Athletic were reporting today as well that it appears that he is going to be spending the rest of the season with us. He's committed to the job at hand. Moving on, we, we got the equaliser shortly after going behind for Aaron Cresswell. A cracking bit of play. Um, if you're looking at the, the quick highlights on, on YouTube and Sky or whatever, they only show a couple of passes, but Antonio does well to hold it up. Plays a nice pass to Ben Rahm, who finds Fennels, uh, finds Cresswell. Puts that cracking ball across. No, we didn't know who'd scored at first, did we? I mean, it could have been Suchek, could have been Bowen, but I think once we saw the first replay, you knew it was going to be given, didn't you? Yeah, I thought it was offside at the, uh, to begin with. I wasn't 100% sure uh, when I saw it the first time. I thought Bowen maybe at the back uh, might have been offside. But uh, to be fair, we slate VAR a lot. And I said this at the time when I saw it. The way they done the replays, they tied it up really quickly and it was solved uh, really, really well. Didn't have to get the lines out. They could clearly see the touch didn't happen and it was dealt with quickly. Didn't really affect the flow of the game. You know, stunted the celebrations for a little bit. But as long as they come to the correct decision, I think that was um, that's the perfect way how to use it, you know. Um, just make sure it's correct decision, timely manner. That's all you want. Um, but yeah, it was class goal. Really well worked. And yeah, Cresswell off the mark. He is just quality, isn't he? Yeah, he is. We said, didn't we? Um, although he's probably lost a bit of pace over the years, his, his technique and his, his left foot have just become so, so effective and so such high quality now. Like, I think he, he was taking the early corners, wasn't he, in the first couple of minutes of the game for the Suchek header. And I think Dawson had one that might have gone over as well. We were saying how good his crossing was and... You forget about that, really. I mean, going to pick your fantasy teams this year, for example, I was I went Soufal over Cresswell. I don't know why. I just thought Soufal might have a more effective start to the season. But Cresswell shut me up completely there. Like you said a couple of years ago, there was a time when 
Wright was on the wall for him. We're trying to sign a new left back, and he's just stepped it up massively, isn't he? Uh, it's it's under Moyes, really. I mean, Moyes really improved his, him defensively and given him a bit of license to go forward, I guess. Another player who um, has really improved under Moyes, well, in the last six to seven months or so, is Jared Bowen, I feel. Um, always been a high-quality player, signed from Hull a while ago. Um, took a little while to get going for us in the first six months of his contract, but having had a full season behind him last year where he was effective, uh, he was doing excellent things again at St James's Park, wasn't he? I mean, he's a workhorse. And it's, for the amount of effort that he puts in, it's only a matter of time before things clicked. You can see he's got quality, but it's more his work ethic. And that one where he... I, I don't think it's on any of the replays. I don't know why, but he jinxed through about three or four. Would have been a lovely goal. Would have been one of the West Ham goals of the season. Uh, but sadly, just shoots right at the keeper. But bloody hell, it was a great move from him. And like you said, he's really starting to show his quality. And um, yeah, he's a solid... I think he has that right mid position on lock. Yeah. I can't. Of course, he normally comes off for Yarmolenko last five ten. Uh, of course, Yarmolenko. People said he had a great Euros, maybe pushing him. But when you see a performance like that, you just think Jared Bowen every day of the week. I think the problem was um, Almiron going down the other end of it in the crossbar, wasn't it? In the same sort of passage of play, so we weren't able to pick up on the replay of that at the time. They went straight to that one. But as you said, yeah, he gets the ball, cuts inside, beats the man, uh, gets into the box, sends. I can't think of who the centre-off is. It might have been Kieran Clark. Sends him for a hot dog. Uh, skins around him. Straight to Freddie Woodman, which was a shame. You know, a player who is making his Premier League debut, you think he's going to slide past him. But, you know, it didn't quite happen. It's, it's a concern, really, that, you know, there's no negatives to take from that game, really. I mean, the, the two goals we conceded, we could have defended better, but we still scored four and we, we counted really well. But it's more the fact that, you know that Moyes sees Yarmolenko and Bowen as backup strikers to Antonio if he gets injured. That's what uh, Stuart Pearce has said this week. I want to read a quick quote out to you. He said this on TalkSport. Mickey is our main man. Yarma can play up front. Bowen can play up front. But the manager and the chairman are busy in the transfer market and trying to get the right person through the door. We aren't finishing the transfer market this week. I don't really believe that they're not finished. I mean, they've had seven months to buy a striker and it doesn't look like it's going to get any closer. I think we are going to end up settling with one of them two as a backup. Bowen's finishing at times does let him down, I think, is the point I'm getting at. But uh, as a creator, you know, excellent player. Uh, really exciting to have, and I think he's going to have a good season. I suppose you could say there, there was a 10-minute period at the end of the half that you picked up on before I did, actually, where backs against the wall for West Ham a bit, Newcastle were pressing hard. Uh, Matt Ritchie does well down the left-hand side, putting a cracking cross. Met by Jacob Murphy, a uh, free header. And it was so frustrating when it fell into the far corner, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very frustrating. Um, it's a great ball from Richie. Um, but, I mean, it's just, he's got no pressure on him. Uh, he's a very light header. He doesn't really go to attack it anymore. He lets it hit his own head. He doesn't go to it really and just sort of um, just guides it into that far corner. It's funny because that goal, you can put that Matt Richie goal and then the Ben Rama second goal, and they're almost mirror, mirror balls. They're sort of overhit balls, and they've just a left-footed whip just to kick before it goes over the byline. And they're both sort of free headers. I mean, it's odd to see two goals back to back that almost look the exact same. Um, but yeah, you can't complain too much. I thought it was against the run of play, but Newcastle were were a lot better in the first half. You have to give them credit. I mean, they actually. 
for all the jokes made about Steve Bruce not being an attacking coach, on the counter, and when they did get forward, they did look dangerous. And like we said, for 10 minutes to that second half, it, it wasn't a great watch. We weren't clearing our lines properly. And yeah, it sort of felt like maybe a goal was coming. Uh, I'd, I'm not sure we deserve to be down 2-1 uh, half-time, but they created quality chances, so you can't really uh, be moaning because you have to do better defending. But second half, they came out and they absolutely stormed it. I thought, just completely different game. They really had control of it. They showed glimpses first half, don't get me wrong. But second half, I feel like they made it their own. Yeah, I think the second half is where you know Moyes obviously got into him at half-time and gave him a rollicking. But we started off really well, uh, pressing high as we always do. Clearly, the instruction was to just get on Sir Maximan early when he's on the ball, stick a bit closer to him because he was having too much freedom in the first half, like you say, to turn and run at us. I remember times when he was getting the ball in his own half and there's a penalty box. He's running about 20, 30 yards into our half. Um, no better example than Declan Rice nicking the ball off of him, uh, starting a counter-attack, plays a lovely ball to Jared Bowen. Um, I think Bowen switches the play to Antonio, like you say. That's when he gets the left-footed crossing. Does so well because he takes that first touch of his right and it's... I love Antonio, but it's typical him, isn't it? A bit of a sloppy touch, you know, gets away from him. But he's got the pace to get up to... Um, He's got the pace to recover from it, which is what's excellent about him. You forget how good his crossing is as well, really, considering he used to be a winger, pushing an excellent ball to Ben Rama, who wasn't picking up these positions last year. Let's be honest. I mean, he's he had a good, you know, impact at times last year. We saw the stats earlier, didn't we? Six assists and a goal last year in about well, twenty-five to thirty appearances. So not the best numbers overall, but he started the season off brilliantly here, and you know, took his goal really well, didn't he? Yeah, he, he took it lovely. I mean, like you said, he's in the right position, right time. And I think you said this uh, whilst we were watching the game. Of those appearances, a lot of them were off the bench and he didn't have much momentum going in. He'd just be a bit part player. But throughout the pre-season, he's just been playing week in, week out. You can see that he's more confident and people are backing him. I think people are sort of realised in, in the gap left by Jesse Lingard, Ben Rama can step up and look like the 20, 25 million pound player that we signed from Brentford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that goal as well just gave us such confidence. The way we were knocking the ball about in the second half, you know, going from side to side, getting the fullbacks up the pitch. Much better, I think, coming out of the gates early. Um, again, I mean, the, the third goal, Bit of controversy around it. I, I think, you know, we both agree that it was a soft decision went in our favour. Um, for now's, I thought, done well, dropping off, picking up the ball on the edge of the box from Ben Rama, playing a quick ball to Soufal. In my opinion, mate, Antonio's got to score the header. Uh, I know you disagree. I know you said it come across him like a flash, but that was your counter-argument for my, you know, I was slating the defender in the first half for the uh, first goal by Wilson. I mean, he's had a ball fired into him. He scored a header. Antonio's missed that one. I know he's had the chance and he's scored well later in the game, but that's just my opinion on that. Uh, and also, he's robbed me of an assist from Soufal, so I'm a bit pissed off about it. But the actual follow-up from Fournals again was brilliant, who's got himself into the box, nicked the ball. Uh, and a, a soft penalty, Jacob Murphy diving in there. Would you agree? Uh, I'd agree. I think it's very soft. I'd be fuming if it was given against us. And yeah, it was a funny sequence of events. Antonio misses the header. It's, it's one of them, since he's not a natural striker and in those instances, you'd see the differences between him and Wilson. I know it's not, I think Antonio's is a harder chance, but you sort of, uh, there's a bit, there was one against Arsenal last year, he hits the post, there's that yeah, one, he's hit yeah. the post again. 
It's not like his killer instinct is there in the six-yard box in the same way because he's yeah. been a converted winger. And what you'll find is he'd rather knock it into space and sort of hit it across the goal or near post rather than do those one-touch finishes in the box because that's not really his game. And in certain moments, you'll see that. And that will happen in the season as well. He's going to miss in the sort of six, eight-yard range but you've got to accept that yeah but you say that but he's so good in the air that was one of his strong points initially for us I think like I, I remember in his first couple of seasons we, we won one they were over Spurs he scored a header he got the first goal at, uh, he got the first goal at the Olympic Stadium he scored a header in the last game up in Park against Manchester United I can just I can remember a lot of his goals being headers and you know I, I just think he's got to do better I, I I'm not going to go around in circles here, you know. I don't, don't want to moan too much. He gets up and he takes a penalty anyway. Um, I think he'll be off penalties after that, to be honest with you. Not his finest bit of work. Um, a good save from Woodman. He got down well to it, but you know, just showing that bit of inexperience by fumbling it. Suchek following in, though, getting off the mark. Good to see, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice to see Suchek following in. Uh, it's what you're meant to do. Not always do they do it. Mm. But yeah, we, I, I think we said, I think everyone's looked around. Who's going to take it? I, did, I didn't want Declan. I don't think he's a penalty taker. Antonio is the natural fit being a striker. But again, I don't think he's ruthless enough with the penalties. I really don't think we have an out-and-out penalty taker when Mark Noble isn't there. And that is actually going to be an issue going forward because the next one, I don't know who I want to take it. Yeah. I, I personally would go Rice um, based on the fact that He's the captain, he's the leader. You know, he wants to be the man to lead us going forward. So, you know, let him have it. Let him take all the responsibility that he wants. I think he's capable of doing it. All right, fair enough. He missed one at West Brom, but he hit the post. It's not like he had it saved. Reason why I wouldn't say Rice is the way he was on penalties. And Moisey told him last season, you're on penalties. And he gave the ball to Lingard. Mm. What does that... There's no chance Mark Noble's doing it. I think I said this before. Yeah. That's... From that day on, I've never seen Rice as a penalty taker, but I can't give you an alternative. So, yeah. obviously, he'd be up there. He's obviously one of the better ones. But, yeah, I do think, Mac, I don't know, maybe I, Cresswell. I, I feel think, like Cresswell might have a whip on him, but I think it's up for debate. With Rice, though, give it to Lingard. I think that's just a bit of an experience as a captain, really. I think it's him trying to think he's doing the right thing. You know, Lingard was obviously at the time trying to push on and get goals and get back in the England side. That was why he came for the move. He had so much momentum as well with the way he was playing. So, just a rash decision, I think, from a young player. He didn't really cost us in the end anyway. He still scored the rebound. Um, maybe Ben Rama. He, he could still up and take one, maybe. Or maybe Jared Bowen. I think that would be a good choice, actually. Bowen, now I've said that out loud. Um, I don't think Antonio's the man, really, to be honest with you. That, that penalty he got against Sheffield United at home, Lingard, was actually the first one we got all season. And it, it took, it like, was that March we got that? That was a long way into the season. And you know, the first game of the season, we're getting a penalty. So at least we've broken that duck. Hopefully we'll get a few more. And we'll see who ends up taking them. Not long after that, anyway, Antonio does get his goal. Uh, a cracking counter-attack. Ben Rama picks it up after a ball from Bowen. Uh, Antonio busting a gut to get forward. And honestly, mate, emphatic finish. Absolutely cracking right in the far corner. And it was never really in doubt once he got it, was it? Like, I didn't think he was missing that. Yeah, I mean, it's lovely ball from Ben Rama. And that's exactly where you want Antonio. 25 yards out, one or two men to beat, bit of space to run into. That's his bread and butter. And fuck me, what a finish. Like, he yeah. buried that. I mean, that was, that was a really did show his quality. 
Uh, he'd been lively all day and he did deserve the goal. I thought it was a really good performance from him all round. I know he misses the penalty, but uh, I think he played roles in all the goals holding the ball up. Uh, he was a menace all day for the defence. And I'm glad he's off the mark because I think he's a confidence player. He does need to get a few to get him going. And uh, yeah, hopefully um, that will inspire him to beat his record last year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, overall, um, a cracking start to the season, as we said again, puts him level now with the Canio. So one more goal and he's the record scorer for West Ham in the Premier League. He'll be well up for that. Uh, as he said the other day in his post-match interview, not bad for a right-back. Um, it's just a sort of game where a couple of years ago we'd lost this, isn't it? Like last year we really improved on winning these sorts of games with teams that are sort of in and around us. You know, the sort of sides where we want to be picking up results if we're going to get in that higher, higher end of the table. Um, it, it was really promising, I think, overall, and, and a really solid display from the boys. Puts us full from the table as well. Um, you know, four goals starting off the season isn't bad. We've got Leicester to look forward to next, who we'll get on to in a minute. Overall, actually, quite an interesting weekend of football, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was cracking uh, start to the season. Buzzing to see all the stadiums full. It's nice to see Brentford kick it off, of course. They uh, first time been in Premier League in over 70 years, I believe. Packed house, new stadium, lovely way to start off. And thank fuck we're uh, done with the fake noise, fan noise. Um, we don't need to listen to it again. That can be uh, buried and forgotten about. And yeah, it's just nice. I feel like there's a new buzz about this season. Don't get me wrong, I was excited last year. But with everything coming back, you know, the fans coming back, I think the players must be um, on cloud nine about it. And the fans, of course, being allowed back in the stadiums. And yeah, I think it's going to be a cracking season. I think everyone's going to be up for this. And can't wait. Yeah. You mentioned Brentford. Um, let's give them a quick mention because they they were fantastic the other night against Arsenal. Really exciting way to start the season. Um, Ivan Tony didn't score, having scored you know bags and bags of goals last year in the Championship. But he was an absolute force to be reckoned with, mate. He was bullying the back line. It was Carragher on commentary, and he said straight away, same old Arsenal, shocking defending, being bullied, you know, for that second goal. Uh, the first goal scored by Canos as well was quality cutting inside, good finish. I was really impressed by the new lad, uh, Onyenka, uh, the Nigerian. He was playing just off the two strikers, uh, Tony and Mbwemo. Um, had a brilliant game. Probably, he reminded me a bit of Kayate, actually. Box-to-box sort of midfielder when we first got him. Really getting up and down the pitch well, winning challenges. I think they're going to be a tough game this season. And maybe they'll have that sort of momentum that Leeds had last year. I don't know, just sort of you know, ready to go for it and push on. Uh, on the other hand, you've got Leeds, uh, who just give a quick mention to as well. Started off their season getting thumped by Manchester United. Uh, I watched this one with Liam Fogg down the pub. And to be honest, mate, I didn't I didn't really think Leeds showed much of what they showed last season. All right, there are games where they're going to win 3-0 or they're going to lose by 6 or whatever. But I don't. they didn't really show anything for me this game. They were just sort of second to everything. United looked really sharp and fresh and bang up for it. They haven't announced for a round before the game. They must have been well up for it. Did you get a chance to see any football this weekend, apart from West Ham? Uh, yeah, I caught a little bit of that um, United-Leeds game. Um, but we saw it last year when Leeds were um, doing very well. That United just have the formulas to pick them apart. I think they're the perfect, well, uh, opposition for Solskjaer because the way they counter and they break with pace, I don't think Leeds can live with it. And 
I think you'll see it again. And every time they meet, I don't, I really don't think uh, Bielsa has his number on that one. Uh, like I said, saw it last year, got a thump there. I, I don't, I can't remember the score, but I know it was over four. Um, so yeah, they got thumped by over four goals last time, like you said, six two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bruno Fernandes looks superb. Of course, he didn't play to his best at the Euros. He comes back. He's back in the Man United shirt. He's got Pogba feeding him, who looked sharp. I mean, of course, Man United are going to be a real side. They've made um, two great additions uh, to the first 11, which is the most crucial thing, not the squad. The first yeah. 11 is being improved. Uh, and yeah, they're going to be right up there this year. I think it's going to be difficult to call that... Um... That league, you know, Premier League champions on the push for Europe this year. You've got United who are looking strong, you know, like with the two additions of Sancho and Varane to come in yet as well, like you mentioned. They're going to be a real force. Chelsea as well, you know, they're going to be on cloud nine. Champions of Europe won the Super Cup the other night. Lukaku coming in for £90 million. Liverpool are going to be like a new side. You know, Van Dijk's back, Gomez is back. Um, they've got a couple of new signings as well. The defenders come in. Uh, you've got us, Everton. Leicester and Tottenham as well are going to be interesting sides, I think. You know, Tottenham didn't expect much from them this season, but kicking off with a win against Man City without Harry Kane in the side. Crazy, wasn't it? Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. I mean, uh, I loved Son, but I was like, how much is this game going to suffer without Kane? And, yeah. you know, he looked like a live wire up front. So, um, there is life after Harry Kane. But Is he going? Like, Is that actually... He's I back in training today. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so because I, I don't feel sorry for him, mate. You, you sign a six-year deal. What do you expect? What, what? I don't. If if Man City paid 150 mil, he would have gone. But 150 mil for someone with that injury record at his age, not feasible. When you have got people like Haaland coming uh, available next season, uh, I know Mbappe hasn't been linked with them at all, but he'll be around on the market. So why would you invest in someone with his injury record at that age when Spurs are notoriously hard to deal with? What I'm not surprised that it's not gone through. Um, but yeah, um, it's going to be interesting to see how he integrates back into the team. Yeah, I don't know if I can see it happening yet either, really. They just splashed 100 million quid on Jack Grealish. And you're thinking, with all this financial fair play, Lark, no one really knows how it all works, do they? But are they going to be able to afford to bring him in? I mean... Well, with the COVID, they're getting a COVID relief package apparently at the moment, which has uh, relaxed the rules. So essentially, uh, you can pump money in at the moment. Uh, so that's, that's why you sort of see in PSG, like you yeah. said, yeah. The, the wage bill can be increased. They're allowing more room for it. So if you've got, it's a good time to have money. Yeah, well, when isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. I suppose as well. I mean, you, you look at Kane and you say you don't feel sorry for him. He, that's a, that's a, that is a club legend there, really, isn't it? He's a club legend at Spurs and he's probably completely tarnished his reputation there now with the fans. I mean, you know, we've got a few Spurs mates, you know, that have got the ump about it and it probably has ruined his relationship with the whole club. And it's, I say it's a shame. I don't really give a shit, to be honest with you, but, you know, you sort of lose that respect for him, didn't you? One man who will forever be a club legend with his club is uh, that of Jamie Vardy at Leicester City, who bagged his 119th Premier League goal, 119th Premier League goal, I'll say it again, for Leicester in their 1-0 win against Wolves the other day. Mate, you're smirking, but he hasn't played in the Premier League before, what, 2014, 2015? And he's nearly one of the highest goal scorers in the competition ever. 
we've got all that to come Monday. You got any thoughts on the game? I'm smirking because you said I'll say it again. That was it. I love the goals. I love Vardy. Yeah, last season when we were playing him on the back end at home, he he was on a barren spell. And I mean a proper barren spell. Uh, for me, we, it wasn't even him. It was more um, Ian Atcher had picked up slack by then. And it was more Vardy's just more of a distraction, which is crazy to say when you've just read out his goals. Mm. Um, but Rogers just come back in the interview after said he's sharp as ever. Of course, the manager would back him. Yeah. Um, but having just watched the highlights, he he did look on the ball. Uh, I think balance of play, though. Wolves had chances. Wolves did have chances. This wasn't vintage Leicester. Mm. They had a lot of shots on goal. If Traore could finish, they wouldn't have won the game. So I think whilst we've got to respect that starting eleven, because you do, I mean, you look at all the names down that, that is a proper side. Mm. Uh I don't think we have anything to be fearful. I think it's going to be a cracking game. First one back, Monday night, under the lights. I can't fucking wait. Nah, same. I mean, you know, for me, for you in particular, I haven't been to the ground, you know, since the last game at home. But when's the last time you went? Because you've obviously been away traveling for a few years, haven't you, before COVID? So. Almost, it's, yeah, Christ, I could, couldn't even tell you. It must be two years now. Well, we've been locked down and I was away. Could be even two and a half. Yeah, mate, it must have been so long. I, I can't wait for it personally. Like you say, under the lights, mate, get the atmosphere going again. It's going to be cracking. But, you know, reason to be fearful, I think, with uh, with Leicester. As we said, you know, they've got a cracking side, really good group of players there and a really good manager, let's not forget as well. Rodgers does know what he's doing with them. You know, we, we beat them twice last year. We've done the double over them. It doesn't happen often for us against quality sides. And, you know, it won't be easy, but I, I, we've got every reason to be confident. The way we played so well the other day, that attacking football at St James's, you know, I'm, I'm really confident going into it. Um, Vardy is one to be concerned by and one that is respected, but we both know he's going to get absolute pelters from the fans, as he always does. But I think that just gets him going, really. He just, he lives for that. He's a bastard. He's the, the proper old school bastard in English football, isn't he? He loves the shit out of You know, you can respect it and you like him, but when it's your week to play him, He's a bastard, like you said. Yeah, as well as Vardy, there's other players to be looking out for, I guess. There's uh, Yuri Tielemans. Harvey Barnes is now back on the side after his spell um, on the sidelines, which is good for good to see for English football in general, I guess, but not great for us coming up against him. Uh, Ricardo Pereira should get a mention, really, for that assist, shouldn't he? As a right-back yourself, you've got to appreciate that graph down the right-hand side, didn't you? No, that was, that was lovely, honestly. One of the best assists of the season already, first week. Nah, that, that was quality. Vardy does well to get across his man as well. Uh, but they got quality all over the pitch. I mean, look, they were, um, won the Community Shield, of course. Uh, Ian Acho can bag. They've got Pats and Dakar, exciting signing. Um, you know, they've, got, they've just got quality all over the pitch. Um, so you can't underestimate them. But, you know, I've, I do fancy our chances. And, yeah, it will be a very interesting game. That will be. That'll be... A good watch. I can't see it being high scoring personally, but um, yeah, I think that'll be a cracker. I think it's the perfect sort of like challenge for us, really, this week, isn't it? I mean, no one wants to start off the season playing against the big boys, just to be honest. You don't want to be starting against City, United, uh, Chelsea, whoever, someone that you know you, you might end up losing against. But with Leicester having, like I said, we've done the double over them last season, we've just put, come off the back of a really strong away performance, got nothing but no, no reason to be anything but confident going into this one. And I think it's just the perfect challenge for us to sort of see where we actually are. You can't, like you said the other day, to be fair, when we were losing, like it's only the first game of the season, you can't really gauge too much from it. It's just sort of who starts the fastest. 
I feel like coming out of this game, we will really see what we're about this season and if we're up to the challenge of you know playing in Europe as well as playing well in the league again. Um, I'm going to poke you for a score prediction, please, and goal scorers if you like. Ooh, uh, I do think it's going to be tight. I can't see it being uh, too many goals. Um, I might be boring and go for a 1-1. I, really? I think Vardy will be involved, whether that's an assist or a goal. But I can't see us losing, to be honest. And uh, the goal is going to come from Mr. Saeed Benrahma. I think he really fancies it at the moment. Yeah. I want it for him as well. And I think we need him to be really class this season. So I'm going to try to back him early. Yeah. Go, go on, Saeed. Um, I'm going to go the opposite to you, actually. I'm going to look at this as two teams who love playing on the counter-attack. And for that reason, I'm going to go for a five-goal thriller, actually. I'm going to go for a lot of goals. First game back with fans in the ground. I think the boys are going to be up for it. Um, we're going to win 3-2. I think we're going to concede again, because I think with Leicester, they have got a lot more quality. We've shown that we're a little bit leaky at the back. But we're scoring goals, mate. We're scoring all through, two, yeah, we're scoring all through pre-season as well. Antonio's going to go um, one ahead of the Canio. Ben Rama's going to bag a couple as well for me, I think. All right, well, that's about all from us this week. Um, really, really excited for the game with Leicester, as we've said, and obviously buzzing still from the win against Newcastle at the start of the season. Hopefully, we can make it two wins out of two and push on from there. Uh, Jimbo, any last words before we uh, head to the London Stadium next week? Oh, man, I've got my tickets to Stratford ready. I'm pumped. It's going to be a great game. Going to have a few beers before. Really getting the spirit. And you know what? We've slated the atmosphere at London Stadium a lot. It leaves a lot to be desired sometimes. But I can guarantee you, Monday night, when that first ball is kicked, it will be rocking. And I can't wait. And, yeah, come on, the boys. Yeah, let's have it, mate.